question and answers on selecting an agency. And let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you that you are faithful. Thank you for the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ and the privilege you've given us to be a part of sharing that with the unreached. Uh, Father, we pray for uh, both of us in this room and those in the other 24 rooms and, and all that you want to do this weekend, that you would send forth laborers to your harvest for your glory and honor. Lord, we do look to you for the questions and answers in the flow. We rely on you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, thank you so much for coming. Let me uh, briefly, uh, I'll, uh, I'm on the, the bottom of the list there. My name is John McVeigh. I'm the moderator. I'm with In His Image Family Medicine Residency and uh, lived in China for a while, a, a few years back. And so I want to ask if each of our panelists could just give us a minute or two about yourself. And let's start with Jeff. There's a microphone right there. So Jeff and the two ladies will share that mic, and then um, Don and I will share this one. So. All right. Very good. Uh, my name is Dr. Jeff Perry. Uh, I'm a graduate of In His Image. So John that must Mc- be a good program. John McVeigh, okay. uh, actually, Jeff. he's been around for a, a while. So in 1999, he interviewed my wife and I. So. Um, so I graduated from there in 2002, was in practice in the U.S. for about nine years, and then uh, we made the mistake of asking the Lord if he wanted us to do something else, and he said yes, and we ended up in South Sudan, which was not what we planned. So we, um, we uh, ended up with Pioneers as our sending agency, and we've been in South Sudan for five years uh, running a hospital there. My name is uh, Sheila Leach, and yes, I am from the U.K., if you're wondering. Um, <laughs> That's, um, the, that's the proper English. We're that's, a, that's the right way to say it, yeah. Um, so um, I am a nurse, and I have to say nurse because I'm in America. Otherwise, people say, what's a nurse? I'm a nurse. And uh, I have been serving in Latin America for 35 years and uh, just recently for the last two years in Spain. And I serve as on the leadership team of our organization, which is Reach Beyond, um, in, in community health and development oversight of global programs. I'm Carolyn Adolph. I've been working with SIM uh, in Ethiopia uh, for 23 years. Uh, most of that time was at uh, nurse-run small bush rural clinics, and most recently at Soda Christian Hospital in um, uh, southern Ethiopia. And uh, my name is Don Rumbaugh. I'm a, a family physician, and I didn't go to his image uh, residency program. In fact, I went to an Air Force uh, residency, did 13 years as a flight surgeon, family doc in the Air Force, 13 years in private practice, and then asked God, and he told me to go to Honduras. So I went to Honduras, worked at Hospital Loma de Luz for for seven years, started ascending base down there, sending Hondurans to Africa with a group called Frontiers. Now I work as the medical um, mobilizer for uh, Frontiers, an agency with love and respect, inviting all Muslims to follow Jesus. So... We focus, like Reach Beyond, on the Muslim world specifically, yeah. Well, thank you all for coming. I think almost all of us, if you do not have one of the white sheets, could you raise your hand? And, uh, and so my wonderful assistants um, will be distributing those. Um, I've already drafted some of the early comers, so let's thank our volunteers in the orange shirts for uh, being here to help take care of everything else. So thank you so much, Southeast Christian Church. And so this is not the handout for you to keep. 
This is for you to fill out, and you're going to turn this in halfway through, okay? You good, you good with me? And uh, I'm going to share uh, some, I think, pretty amazing websites you may want to jot down in your book. But this is for you to turn in, and we want to invite you at the uh, uh, top half is to number your top three questions, one, two, or three, for the panel. And if you have anything more specific on that, to write that down. And the second half of our time together, I'm going to pick some of these questions and share them. So if you're like this amazing introvert and you can't quite raise your hand, this is your chance, okay? You can write this down. And the uh, first half of our uh, session will be for the extroverts and the brave introverts, okay? Uh, so I uh, wanted to let, and there will be a little halftime break in the middle there where I'll show you some of my favorite websites. So, uh, so let's, uh, and I think panelists will generally have maybe two of you answer most of the questions. Occasionally one, occasionally three. And thank you for letting me interrupt you. I forgot to mention that earlier, didn't I? Okay, so thank you for... Do we have a copy of those questions that you're, you're going to ask? Okay, yes. Um, if we could have some copies to the people up front so they can start working quickly on their answers. No, no, you guys know these answers, so thank you so much. Okay, this is the exciting time. Who can ask the questions? Who, who's going to give me a first question? Yes, brother. How, so uh, I'm about a year and a half from graduating from surgery residency, and I'd like to go on long-term missions in Mission Hospital. How do I go about selecting an agency? That's, I know that's the overall question here. And, and let me repeat it for the take, too, because other people may listen to the MP3 later. So you know, you're a year and a half from finishing surgery residency. You're interested in a mission hospital. There's so many, so many agencies. Where do you start? Right. Okay. So who wants to take a crack at that? We'll start with Don and then... Uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll take a crack at that because I answer it on a regular basis. I work with... Uh, um, the pre-med program at Grove City College in Pennsylvania. And so I have students regularly coming to me and asking me that question. And I say that prayer is a must. Um, and that's, I say that because I believe prayer is a must, but I'm also an Air Force, a military person, so everything's an acronym. And I'm a medical person, so everything's an acronym. So for me, must stands for number one, M, is medicine going to be a means or an end for you? Two, are you going to... You, is it going to be unreached or reach people? Three, do you want to be involved in a sodality or a modality? And four, do you want to be team or by yourself? So M okay, is what's medicine. What does S stand for? What's so, sodality. What's, or, what's sodality? Yeah, I'll, let me run down there. So, so and I'll, I'll try to make it quick. But M-U-S-T is what I tell people and make a decision. that is medicine going to be a means or an end? Are you interested in surgery or do you want to ch- plant a church? Are you interested in the hospital as the as the end, or do you say I'm using medicine as a means to get into the into the area, and I want to see a church planted from a church disciple making movement started from my from my work, and that's huge. And stop there because when you're talking to me, I'm going to say, look, you know, there's there's things that we're looking for that may be different than than if that does if that's not a fit. Don't frontiers. We're interested in planting churches. And we'll use medicine as a means. But if you're interested in saying you know, medicine is the end, don't, you know, go, go somewhere else. Number two is unreached or reached. One out of three people in the world today are unreached. Are we going to go to Honduras like I did? Or are we going to go to um, um, Sudan like Peter, right? Like, 
Joe, I'm sorry. Like, like Jeff did. Huge difference. I didn't know. When I went to Honduras, I thought a missionary was a missionary. Are you going to go to the unreached or are you going to go to the reached? Places with churches, places without the church. Number two, sodality or modality. Are you going to be part of uh, an agency or do you want to go with your denomination? Sodality, modality. One is, well, the, the, yeah, I said enough. Okay, and then, then finally, are you going to be part of a team or do you want to go by yourself? Is it you and your wife and your family? We work best by ourselves or you want to be part of a team? Okay, another answer or two. And maybe somebody could talk about what are the advantages of a team versus going solo? Um, okay, I'll just mention a couple of things. Um, I think uh, when you do work on the field, um, a lot of times uh, to even get to the field, we're fairly independent. But it, in the long run, it is a, I, I believe it's a good idea to work as a team. You have a support system. You can come alongside each other, encourage each other on. Um, the other thing, going back to uh, choosing an agency, uh, basically, what 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 are you looking for? Is I mean, there are some agencies that you raise your own funds, faith based. Others that you can go with that actually provide a small stipend or some other uh, type of ministry. Other people get involved in missions more as a, I guess it's maybe not a a, a term nowadays, but a tent making type of ministry where you're actually in a a country where you cannot actually be a missionary, but you can serve in a setting where you can have an impact. And so there's a lot out there in that sense of the word. And what also works best for your family, too. Uh, are you homeschooling? Are you, do you want to be in a center where there's a school? Uh, all of those types of things uh, you have to look at with the different mission agencies. And um, some of them are more established than others and also have the, the uh, support system behind them to be able to be able to do that. We really feel like agreeing with the core values is very important. Um, these people, you're going you're gonna to walk a journey with them, and you want to be sure you're, you're agreeing on the deeper things. And then looking, I mean, I agree with all that Don said for, for medical placements, uh, and, and more, some agencies will be more flexible. Uh, one of the core values of Pioneers is innovation and flexibility. And so while we are very similar usually to Frontiers in church planting and medicine as a means, in our particular location, the, the medicine is 89% of what we do, and we're a cog in the wheel of the local church, which is another core value, as they we, we, we support and encourage through our medical work and discipleship, what the local church is doing and actually planting the churches. So it's a little more removed, but it's still within that core value. So I think you need to agree on the core values. Thank you. And by the way, as you talk to different agencies, if they're not a fit, you can ask them, okay, who is a fit? And these guys will cross-refer, okay? Because they get you know extra jewels in their crown in heaven no matter which agency you go with. And so uh, more questions. Yes, brother. Um, this may be about that sodality or modality. Those are new words to me. But um, it seems like when, when choosing a field, that it's agency isn't the only stakeholder that you have to navigate. Because there's also your spending church. They have different values and culture. 
the agency, maybe even the mission hospital or organization that you land in, in particular has different ones. How do you navigate how those all interact and how to prioritize them? So how do you navigate the sending agency, the mission hospital, your s- local church, um, denomination? denomination. Uh, let's see. The, you know, Jesus said you can't serve two masters, but maybe three or four. No, no, that's not what he meant. No. Uh, anyone uh, want to? You want a shot at that, Carolyn, or, or uh, you want to wait on that? Any? I have a related question. How common is it for, I, I learned the term secunded when I was at, an addict, actually, um, where you are, uh, and that was a new word to me, but it seems like that's fairly common. common. Can you explain how that works? Because that can help sometimes bridge some of these gaps. Jeff. And seconded is spelled like seconded. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm actually, uh, when I was working at Soda Christian Hospital, I was actually seconded. Um, I was worked. I was with SIM USA, but I was seconded to Soda Christian Hospital via the St. Luke's Healthcare Foundation. And basically, it's if you are with an agency that, let's say, maybe doesn't work specifically in an area where you might want to work, but you really feel um, that this agency is what you need as a base. You can't, that agency can then also, we would also use the word on loan to another agency or another organization. Um, there can be complexities in that. In my case, I have not hit that. Um, my SIM said, okay, you're now on loan to uh, St. Luke's. Now you uh, can relate directly with them most of the time. I mean, there was obviously communication with uh, SIM. But I also was in communication with my home church, and they actually, I actually had most of my interaction with my sending church. So, yeah, it depends on how, how involved each of those particular groups want to be, or whether they say, the, you know, your home church is going to have the most influence in your decision-making practice, or we feel we need to as our as the base uh, uh, mission agency, or is it going to be the on loan? Those are things you would have to specifically ask when you uh, go on those kind of detours, you might say, or specifically ministry-related things with other organizations. But you want to be a part of... Uh, uh, a, a sending agency that you feel comfortable with. Um, I love secondments. I really love them because it enables us to place people to serve in other agencies in areas that we're interested in, but we're not actually there. Um, I think the key to, to, to these kind of things is managing expectations. And uh, sometimes you, you need to bring down your expectations or raise up somebody else's, but very clear lines of communication and management of expectations. And currently at Reach Beyond, we have a lot of seconded missionaries. And we're all about um, where's the greatest need and uh, what's best for you. And sometimes we'll say, we can second you, but why don't you just apply to them, the the other agency, because you may be better supported in that way. Um, Another issue that I just want to address in this, we're talking about sending agencies and churches and and how do you mesh that. Uh, There is another element in in selecting an agency, and that's relationship with the government Um, and what kind of process you would need to go through as as a medical professional in order to practice legally in the country that you're called to. 
and you may want to go the government route and there are there are opportunities now to to be a missionary with a mission but actually work inside the government system in order to be able to practice <clears throat> that's something else that just needs to be mentioned and navigated as well we also are seconded uh, so we, we've always understood it that we are sent by our local church through pioneers to the ministry we serve with harvesters and even they are under a national church in South Sudan so and it really uh, the way we see it is pioneers has our back they're concerned with us surviving and thriving on the mission field whereas uh, the ministry we serve with are primarily concerned with the ministry and so it's it avoids that conflict of interest because we've seen a lot of missionaries crash and burn that come with the ministry that they're working for or serving in and there's always a conflict of interest of what's best for the ministry and what's best for the missionary. It's hard to balance those two, but we found that that division of, of, of roles really helps uh, people thrive on the field. Oh, thank you, guys. Okay, another question. Yes? Can you speak briefly about the individual approach? Because I think it's something that we're not as familiar with, so the Can we talk about tent making, going without an organization or an agency? Uh, I can speak briefly to that because I did both. Um, I went out to Ecuador in 1980 as, as a very young single who knew everything, actually, um, <laughs> and felt like God could take a back seat because I was there now. Um, so I worked for nine years amongst an indigenous population, which was a great time for me as a time of growing. But I realized how desperately I needed team, I needed accountability, I needed support, I needed those older missionaries to actually correct me and to guide me. And so I returned to the UK for four years for training and I had seen what it was like because we'd worked with HCJB then Reach Beyond. We'd worked alongside missionaries from that agency and I could see that's what I needed. So after being in the UK for four years, I applied to that agency. And so um, if you have that support network in another way, that's great. But for me personally, it, it was better to go with the agency, even though I was nine years older and, and a lot less wiser. Um, yeah, I think in the long run, especially if you're going to work uh, overseas in different parts of the world, to have uh, a, an agency as a, as a backup, as somebody that is interested in you as a person and wants the best for you, uh, it, it really is a is helpful. I mean, even if you're, let's say, uh, a professor in a, a medical university in a in a country, to and you're working specifically with the government to still have your your backup here in, here uh, in the states and interested in you. Okay. Well, could you pull out your white sheet again? Okay. And. Let's see what I want to show you. Halfway down the page is a double line, and then there's three places where you could check yes if you want to. So the uh, first one is check yes. Every three months, email me the free Ask a Missionary newsletter, uh, which points to mag mission magazines, books, conferences, Internet sites, and new questions and answers. So if you want something once every three months, that's one. Uh, next one is uh, yes, every month, email me the free Abandoned Times newsletter, Help me grow closer to Jesus and be a part of missions. And then the bottom one is, yes, every week, email me the Mission Catalyst Weekly Electronic Digest. And so email loves you, okay? If you want to do, if you check any of those, uh, we invite you to do that. And if you checked any of the above, you could put your mailing label on the bottom or print the information. 
You don't have to check anything on the bottom or put your information. That's fine. But uh, if you have any of the questions there that you've checked or marked, once you're done with the sheet, if you could pass that to the middle aisle and then pass those toward the back. And uh, Dr. Jeffrey Irwin, you were in Libya, so you learned flexibility, right? Um, I, I'd hate to put you on the spot in front of everybody, but could you gather those in the back and pick out the uh, most interesting questions and uh, bring those up to me, okay? So uh, I would appreciate that. And uh, let's see what else I've got. I've got a few more slides I want to show you. Let's see if I can get these. Okay. Uh, I know it's hard to see on the screen, but this is, uh, this is actually a little older version. This is the homepage of askamissionary.com. In over 15 years, uh, a number of people, including me, have gathered questions like the ones you're asking right now, people in North America, and we've gotten answers from missionaries around the world. And so we have answers to over 100 questions uh, with like an average of three or four answers to every question, uh, just about all these different areas. Mission agencies we're talking about today, but funding, guidance, how do you know God's will, how do you use medicine, what kind of training do you want. We have some very specific ones about healthcare. If you're just entering university, what specialty do you pick? If you're uh, nursing, do you need to go on and get experience or a, a, a master's before you go? If you're in medicine, what specialty do you pick? If you're graduating from residency, do you need a fellowship? So we've got answers to all of those at askamissionary.com. So I want to mention that to you. And then the other thing, uh, on page 20 in your conference booklet, uh, or if you just like to write down, you could either write down page 20 or you could write down medicalmissionsmentoring.com. And that's an opportunity for you to say, hey, I would like a long-distance connection by phone, by Skype, or by email with either a former missionary or current missionary in North America or even somebody I could Skype when they're overseas to kind of have contact maybe every month or two to get to share my prayer requests, to share my questions. And so this is a little bit of a matchmaking. Uh, if you're willing to be a mentor, those of you uh, a little further down the line, or if you're looking for a mentor, if you're willing to do both, check that. And, uh, and I pray over those about once a month, and I um, look at putting matches together. So that's another resource for you. Um, page 20, mentoring. And so we're going to take a few more introvert questions. And uh, Dr. Irwin's busy. Um, I'm sorry, the extrovert questions right now are the brave introvert, and then I'll be, he'll be bringing me up a few more. So, okay, uh, let's see. We've had three guys ask questions. Okay. Ladies, it's your turn. Uh, I guess you, you had a PS question. We'll, we'll give you a full question from the beginning. Yes, ma'am. Hello, Don. I'm Monica. I want Monica more to connect Oh, My question is about um, finances. Uh, my husband and I are approaching middle age. I think we may be there already. Um, we looked at an opportunity in East Africa that required us to not only give up our earning potential, but to raise double what we thought it should cost us to live there for the mission hospital. And that was shocking to me. Um, there are other agencies that do the fundraising separately, but uh, what if you have enough faith to go, but you don't have enough faith to raise the salary of a family physician in the U.S. to support yourself annually in another country. So what about the money, and how does that work with different agencies? And um, That's a great question. So uh, a couple of us uh, take a 
crack. Um, we may give Don a chance after with his friend, but one of the three of you to start out, okay? I feel like I'm being ostracized, but I'm right next to We do. We were. I was a family physician in the U.S., and we moved to East Africa, and it, it did. We raised what we thought was sufficient the first term, and then we came back and raised pretty much double that because it's a lot more expensive. And let's see, and how small is your family? We only have, there's only ten of us. Yeah. So eight children under the age of? Uh, yeah, seven, seven to 17 now, but they were two to 12 when we left. So, um, yeah, that was our biggest hurdle, really. Like, we said, seriously, God, are, are, are you, you know, isn't there somebody that would be more efficient, more economical to send than us? Um, and it was, that was the biggest, you know, was, I sat and looked at my wife at dinner one night and we said, oh, we actually have to trust God this time. You know, so many times we say, yes, I trust you, God, and I see how I'm going to work it out. But the finances thing is 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 the thing that we looked at it and said, no way. And um, and everybody around us said, oh, they'll never sell their house, they'll never raise enough money to go send their whole family there. So it, it is a huge step of faith, and, and it's one that probably exceeds what most of us have faced before. Like, I don't see how this is going to happen. I don't, especially when we've been earning a lot and all of a sudden we're going off of income completely and relying on the body of Christ to supplement what we need or supply what we need. Um, so it's a scary thing. And um, But I would look also carefully at, I, I don't know, I mean, I would look at the, the budget that you're being provided. Are, are you being asked to raise money to help support the hospital as well? Well, As your personal income? Well, we have, we, there's an agency that, that does fundraising separately, and I don't name agencies, but that we, at first I thought, well, that's just not spiritual because you want to build support to have prayer supporters. Mm-hmm. And then I found out what they wanted us to raise, and I thought, that's extortion. I, mean, I, I was just I was shocked, and I thought, how can medical missions continue at this price? It just seems not sustainable to me. And, and I've, I've never heard of that, and I've been around a while. I think that's pretty unusual. Most Most people are doing what... Um, our panelists are doing through an agency and rather than somebody else doing the fundraising for them. Um, Okay. Thank you, Jeffrey. Um, I always thought it would be really cool to be with an agency that actually paid me. Um, that's never happened. I've, I've been a support-raising missionary all my life. I haven't looked for another agency. Um, it has taught me some, some interesting lessons, um, and certainly about the faithfulness of God, in, in spite of my unfaithfulness many, many times. Um, and, and in my later years now, I'm beginning to realize it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's, it's a huge blessing to receive, but I believe there's a role for the church in the West to give and be part of and partner with us on the ground in other places. And uh, I would not want to take that away from my supporters, who are every bit as involved, every bit as committed, every bit um, as, as, as missional as I am, just in a different way. And so for me, that's kind of how I got to this point. I don't have a family. I only have to look out for me, so I do feel your pain and, and, and understand that from, from a distance. But... Um, I'm kind of glad now that I'm with a, I'm with a faith-based support-raising organization that um, I do raise my own funds, and, and, and God blesses. 
I think with uh, the yeah with the finances that's always a, a huge uh, issue, and I, I would say also as Sheila said is uh, through the years you can see the faithfulness of God. He has provided uh, for almost 30 years for myself when I've been on the field, and uh, I think if we continue to seek His face and also be a part of a church. I mean, actively in a part of a church, before, you know, while you're preparing to go. And you will develop friendships that will last a lifetime. And they will walk the journey with you, whether it's through prayer, whether it's, whether it's through finances, whether it's through helping you move or helping you, whatever. They will be your, your mainstay along with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that is vital. I mean, I've had some people that have come to the field or want to come to the field, but they haven't tried to be real involved in a church. They haven't tried to, I mean, they've been kind of moving, so trying to make friends has been difficult. You need to have a support base where you are somehow so that you can also be a part of their lives and minister to them in, in, in a way as well because they come alongside you. You, in turn, uh, mutually come alongside them in however that looks like, depending on where you are or what you're doing. And uh, Don's going to share next. But one of the great things about moving, you can have multiple home churches. And so, you know, you may be someplace for two or three years. That can be a home church. If you go somewhere else for a, a graduate degree, that can be another home church. And so the moving can be a wonderful strength to raise up more potential intercessors and givers. Um, so for, for us, we went with the Alliance. And the Alliance... So, Which is a denomination. Yeah, so getting back to the sodality modality uh, thing. So sodality is the, is, sodality is the church and modality is the, the mission agency. So we went with the Alliance which has a great commission fund, which paid for all their real missionaries. But we weren't real missionaries. We were marketplace ministers, which meant we had to raise our own funds. So it, it really gave us an opportunity to think a lot about, about the difference. And one of the advantages of, of going with, an, with, a, with a denomination is some of them pay you, which is a, which is a, a, a nice thing. But I can tell you that, that on the flip side of that, um, the relationships that you build with the denomination are a lot weaker. Like our friends that were with the Great Commission Fund with the CMA, with the, with the Alliance, they never had the, the, the relationships that we now enjoy with the people that supported us. It was, it's incredible. You know, these guys, you know, Jeff, we were talking last night. You know, truly, the people that are paying are praying. Um, and the f- greatest friends we have now are the ones that, you know, were with us during that time. Second, second off, uh, so um, number one is the, no- the nomination versus the agency. Some pay, some don't. The second is the friendship that Carolyn brought up, huge. And and third, as a, as a medical doctor and and, and directing the um, um, the frontiers, we are looking at opportunities to supplement um, our workers with um, certification courses. So specifically starting up American Heart Association, ACLS, ATLS, um, ITLS, Care Under Fire, so forth, um, as, as entry strategies into countries and also to supplement income and also to give credibility to, to our medical workers. So those three things, if, 
if Ken, who's been paid by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, um, works and is paid as an American Heart Association trainer, it supplements his income, it gives him an entry step strategy to the organization and makes him legal with the, the government because he needs to be employed in order to work there. So we think that um, tent making, as someone talked about, yeah, tent making is is huge, and we can capitalize that capitalize on that in medicine. I just wanted to say one more thing. I, w one thing was very helpful in shifting from earning a, an income to being on support, I think, is spend some time understanding what your biblical theology of fundraising is. So a great book that I read that really changed the way I was thinking about it was Funding Your Ministry, put out by Navigators. So just really understand what God's Word says about fundraising because we have a lot of hang-ups as independent, self-reliant physician missionaries or nurse missionaries. Uh, we have to kind of break some of that Western mindset. And let me, the title of the book is Funding Your Ministry by Scott Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N, Funding Your Ministry. And it's a great introduction, wonderful stories, and there's cartoons, which, which um, and I've done that as a book study with resident physicians, and that's, that's your, my favorite beginning, and there's an amazing Bible study in there. And like many things in life, there's wrong ways to do it, and there's right ways to do it. And he covers the biblical basis as well as what works in the United States in a non-manipulative way. So we probably have all had experiences that have made us cringe um, in different aspects related to finances and fundraising. And he helps you kind of work through some of those questions. Uh, one of the other uh, questions that kind of came through uh, from one of the introverts is, uh, what about integrity, accountability, financial legal compliance? You know, we hear on the national news different things about nonprofits. Um, how, how do the agencies handle that? Um, this is something, you know, where, you know, I'm in asking my family and friends to pray about supporting me as a missionary. How is that money being handled? Um, please correct me on this, but there, there is an agency. Is it the ECCF? Uh, ECFA, Evangelical ECFA. Council on Financial Accountability, ECFA.org. Yeah, um, and, and I think most of the bigger mission agencies belong to that. So that is the accountability body, and they review accounts, and they make sure that, that we're compliant as agencies. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's also good to look at the agency that you go with um, because uh, you can also see how much uh, is used uh, in administration and that type of thing. Now, I think a lot of people look at uh, home, uh, you know, home agencies as uh, well. What what a, what a lot do they do? Why should we take money out of their out of the mission to support the office staff, but if you don't have your agency in, in backing you up, uh, it also becomes a challenge. Now, different agencies take different amounts, percentages out of uh, support, and you can look at that and say, am I good with that, that amount? But you also need to take into account sometimes you don't want to be penny-wise and pound-foolish. You want your agency to have the financial resources to go with that. Uh, brother? Question for especially transitioning to the field is like if you were 
how do you deal with it's like all right maybe tithing off of your the admission salary but I mean, do you ask others to help raise the force and make that's a sad thing that's a sad thing. I was a practicing family physician in New Jersey and, and making a fair amount of money and to have to go and then not be able to continue that. And I, the whole idea of learning to, is better to give than to receive. Um, there's, a, there's, there's, some, there's some humility. There's some, there's some things that you learn in that from being the giver to the, um, the receiver. I think... Uh, um, Maybe if they're large amounts and that type of thing, you might have to stop that. But for me, I've, I have actually kept supporting a few of my friends in small ways, but just also to encourage them along and not just totally stop that. Um, so, Let me go on to one of the questions that was uh, indicated as pretty popular. And uh, I know Jeff did refer to core values. But the question is, how much does leadership style and agency culture matter? If you can think of the reference point about different churches and campus ministries you know here in the U.S., there's a fair amount of variety among leadership and culture style. So does that also carry over to agencies? And, um, yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> Decision-wise, prayer is a must. Um, I guess one basic uh, leadership or culture of an agency would be where do the decisions get made? Um, is it from the home office, from the top, and it descends down to the lowly missionary on the ground? Or is there a, a, a progression towards more field-driven decision-making and leadership? Um, I, I think that's most of us... That, that yeah, that's, that's a huge thing. And, and I think understanding where the agency you're looking at comes from in that in that decision making process is important and what you're comfortable with. Can you give an example of that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can give a good example. Uh, we we used to be as our organization is more than it's 80, 80 years old more or less, and uh, we started out as a member driven organization. So the membership voted on everything. Um, and it got to the point where we would vote on what color we should paint the hospital. And by member, you meant the missionaries. The missionaries, member, sorry, missionary yeah. The missionaries members. voted okay. on everything. We had annual meetings. We brought up everything. We voted on everything. Everybody made collective decisions. It was cool. About 10 years ago, we changed to a different form of governance where the board gave certain directives to management. And so we didn't vote on stuff anymore. We don't bring anything to the membership anymore. And it was huge. It was a huge change. It was, we've lived with it and we've kind of grown accustomed to it, but we still have folks in our organization that want to go back to voting on everything. And, and people coming in now, we're, we're very careful to explain now how the decisions are made. The decisions are made by the, the, the leadership of the organization with field input to the leadership on each individual field. But it's not a membership-driven organization. We don't vote on stuff. We don't make the decisions at the level of the missionaries, every single missionary having a vote anymore. And, and we, at, we at Frontiers are parallel to that. We're pretty far over on the lowly missionary makes the decision. Our board is made up of the team leaders of team. I mean, every board member is a team leader and every team leader is a board member who are making those lowly decisions. So the team leader you're that for us team is huge because you want to get a, a wise team leader for your 
work and also knowing that he's representing the whole organization in the field. So there's a lot of autonomy with Frontiers. And so oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But there's downsides to it too. We work in the Muslim world and there's all all kind of flavors of questions that happen and you guys are familiar with very many of them probably. And it would be sometimes nice for me to say someone in London is making all the decisions. Right. Those, they're really smart. But, you know, we really, but we feel that the guy in London, all smart as they might be, might not really know the, the best decision to make in Bondachi in Sumatra. Brother in the back. Yeah, run a blood test on the founders. And, okay. uh, what, uh, and I'm uh, partly kidding, but I'm also partly serious. One thing that's pretty special, sometimes you can read a biography of one of the founders and get, get some sense. You can, um, you, know, you can talk to people here, obviously. You can talk to some of us, and we can refer you to different groups. Um, in general, by the way, let me mention that uh, denominations that provide the salary tend to be very directive. Are you familiar with the American version of the golden rule? He who has the gold rules. Okay, so, so you're not going to have as much flexibility when you know, the central fund is, is funding you completely. And the, I would guess there may be only 10 or 20 agencies that are of significant size that send a lot of long-term medical missionaries. And so these are four of them right here. Uh, so you're getting a little flavor from them, and you can catch us. And I think there's a section in the book where you can see who's sending long-term medical missionaries. And sometimes there's you know smaller organizations as well that are represented here. But uh, that's a good place to kind of start. Sister. So do you go with your friends or do you join an agency and they put you in a team? Is that, is that similar yeah. to the question? And, and so we'll start with um, Carolyn and then you've got a good answer because I'm, we'll, we'll get you here. Okay. Um, yeah, just from my experience, um, I know that some people have chosen to go to the field together. I've seen that. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work in the sense of being able to really continue together, you might say, as a, as a couple families or a couple singles or whatever. Um, the other thing is uh, being able to step out and see where God has, ha, can place you and how effective you can be with a whole new team is also uh, exciting to see, too. Yeah, I think I agree with I agree with Carolyn. I guess what what um, as far as your friends going uh, going together. I mean, I think it's it's important. Like our kids are going to go are going to go, and I hope they come with frontiers. And I'm, not so much that I 
wouldn't want them to go with pioneers. They got lots of friends with pioneers, so forth, or or aim whatever. But but or reach beyond. But selfishly, when we have our conference once a year, it would be great to be able to meet the kids. So and and the grandkids. And the grandkids. So you know, short of maybe we're going to go together, which may or may not work out. At least if we're in the same agency, there's a annual or every couple year meeting where we get to you know kind of continue the love kind of thing. So. But, but I mean, Frontiers, you guys form teams of friends sometimes. Yeah, we do. I mean, fr- Frontiers memorandum, memorandum of understanding is something that all the teams put together, and it, the team leader will say, okay, this is. How often you go on vacation? This is how off. This is how we do ministry. This is how much time you have off a week. And and you sign that memorandum, memorandum of understanding before you join the team. So for Frontiers, for example, there's probably a mix in this audience whether the gifts have ceased or the gifts continue. And our agency doesn't decide on that. But you might have a local team that that is very involved in the in those. Gifts and other ones who say, well, we just don't practice that. And so we have opportunities within our organization to, to reach out to many, many different styles and flavors of, of Christianity, Christians putting them in specific teams. But uh, the huge thing is you will sign a memorandum of understanding on, I think, all of our teams, right? Did everybody, everybody do that? I think so. Um, where the team has agreed this is how we do ministry together, hopefully minimize those conflicts, which I think, can... I think a big thing also is uh, expectations, uh, even if you go with others or if you go on to a new team. Uh, we can put expectations on ourselves and expectations on others, and that can be extremely uh, poisonous on the mission field. Um, and the other thing that I was going to mention is um, my parents were missionaries, and so what we tried to, what I tried to do, because we were actually on different fields uh, when I went back to ministry, is we tried to plan a home assignment at the same time so that we could at least spend, you know, a couple weeks together or a couple weeks, you know, just to connect on the same same side of the world. So that's uh, maybe that's even with friends with uh, the same agency or a different agency, you know, p- make those kind of plannings or even going on vacation together. Uh, people are doing that. They're not just staying in a con- the country of service sometimes. They're actually getting out of it. And, and I must admit I would actually recommend that, getting out of your country of service if you do need a, a longer vacation because you can refocus and, and, and be refreshed. One of the popular questions was, how much does the agency doctrinal position matter? Now, in Frontiers, you can have different teams. You can have a team of charismatics, a team of non-charismatics, probably a team of reformed, a team of uh, free will, and so you're quite a bit of variety. Other agencies, I think, tend to be more uh, homogeneous. And so how much, how much does the... Right, okay. What about uh, agency doctrinal position? How important is that? Um, I think uh, overall it, it's it's very helpful to have the same uh, perspective. In fact, I know SIM, you have a doctrinal statement that you sign. It doesn't mean that you might believe a few other things, but you don't actually actively practice that. Yeah, we're into denominational, and so we do have a, a, a doctrine um, statement of faith 
which is pretty easy to sign. And we agree, as an agency, not to fight over things. And by easy to sign, you mean it's just it, it, covering it's the generic. basics. It's, it's, it's not it's, it's not going to free based, will or But it's not telling you when Jesus is coming or if you're an amillennialist or premillennialist. We don't go into that. And we also agree between ourselves. We don't, we don't talk about controversial things that will cause division, but we show respect for people with a position that's different to ours. Uh, I just say ditto for pioneers. Same. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sister. Um, sorry to go back to money, but I just had a question. Um, as far as preparing for missions and contributions, like how do you navigate like savings and retirement? How do you navigate savings and retirement, health care? Um, all those different aspects. Of um, yeah, I know. Uh, I don't. I can't speak for all agencies, but I know SIM uh, actually. Uh, you have a health care plan. Uh, you have retirement plan, and th- that money is actually a part of your uh, ra- support that you raise. So you are actually heading in that direction, even while you're on the field. Um, and I think that's actually nowadays vital. Uh, early missionaries didn't have that, and they, they struggle because they don't have uh, a means to manage uh, these days. But I think a lot of agencies are heading in that direction. One of the questions that was written down is, what's the difference between uh, joining an agency or team that's distinctly Christian or being a Christian but in kind of under a secular umbrella? Um, anybody want to take a crack at that one? Um, well, we do know that in, in these years when, when we're looking at areas that uh, traditional missionaries can't go into, there are really wonderful open doors for professionals to go into some very difficult places. And you can earn a lot of money in those places. And I think it's OM has um, recognized the need for support of people in those secular employments. Uh, they are tent-making, but they are intentionally being there, being the light and the incarnational presence of Jesus in some very dark and difficult places. Um, and so the need for support, for prayer support, um, and for emotional support and chances to debrief. And I know there are support networks going into place for those people. And I, I just think it's a fantastic way to go. And I'm so thrilled that there are agencies now recognizing the need to support people in those secular places because they're fabulous opportunities. I mean, the springboarding off that, I think one of the key things that you need in hard places is on-site member care, uh, on-the-field member care. And so in looking at a setting agency, is, is there a presence or an ability or a commitment to going where you are on your field and actually someone that knows and has cross-cultural experience to sit down with you and say, what are you, what are you struggling with right now? Astronomical medical school debt or other professional debt. And so who wants to share about that? Um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know there's an agency called MedSend, and they uh, do try to work along with those that have uh, uh, huge medical debt to try to be able to get to the field uh, without working for years and years uh, in the States before they go. So that would be something to look into.
So, and, and MedSend knows all about that, public service loan forgiveness. And under askamissionary.com, there's a section called funding and how do I do with, deal with my school debt, and then there's some links to that right there. And so I do want to and mention. I think you guys are probably familiar with what he's talking about. That the once you paid 120 months, 10 years, your your loans will be completely forgiven. And that's that's based on what. 501c3. Yeah, and Rick was also telling me that that refers to the direct loan service corporation. So some of your loans may be through some other group, and in that case, MedSend would maybe work with you instead of the Rick, other. Rick is phenomenal. Right. So MedSend.org is the um, one to look at there. He's on the first floor of the exhibit right next to Okay. One or two more questions here. A sister in the back. Um, like how early should the 411 How early should you start to look at agencies? Anyone want to share about that? Um, yeah, I I think it's uh, good to uh, start looking, uh, even start relationship with a couple different agencies to see uh, where they're working, how you fit in, uh, as you mentioned, a possible vision trip. Uh, also, letting letting your friends and, and relatives know what you're what you're seeking and what you're desiring, because that again, relationship coming alongside. And um, I know that um, I'm sure other agencies have this too, but uh, SIM has a, a program where you have a, a weekend uh, where you can uh, come and meet the mission, and the mission can meet you. And there's absolutely no, you know, you don't have to go with this mission, but they can come alongside you and actually give you direction as to what uh, might. Help might help in getting you to where you need to go. And you could go to that and even can, years before you're ready exactly, to go. Exactly, exactly, and and uh, get some uh, some great help in directing uh, to head head overseas. Can I have that? Thank you. So when when CT Stud was going to join Hudson Taylor in China, Taylor said, "Don't go, don't come until you can bring a hundred with you." So. In the time between now when you're going to become real is a huge time. So to be involved with an agency, to find out what they're, you know, to, to find out, find your tribe, to join them, and then become part of, of promoting others to, to be involved in the completion of this great commission. I mean, it's, we all have to work together. Um, and while we are still here, let's not consider ourselves second-class citizens. This is a huge time for you to start our Embark study. Or you guys probably have ones that are similar to it, where you can do a perspectives class or, or get other people involved. This, Ralph Winters, who, who did the perspectives course, you know, the editor from back in the day in the U.S. Center for World Missions, he said, if I had a thousand, if I had a thousand. College students, I think you said. If I had a thousand college students, you know what I would do with all thousand of them? I make them all mobilizers, multipliers. So I guess I just go back to your question and say, you know, before you become real, you're real now. You're real because you're here. You're real because you're asking the questions in a in a in a society which has forgotten that it's better to give than receive. That 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 live more. A little less like 
Wesley that make all you can, save all you can to give all you can. We're more like make all you can, save all you can, sit on the can. You know, we, we've got a message, guys. And I'll quit preaching. But we've got a message, and it starts now. Not when we get over to Sudan. I mean, no offense, but while we're here, too. So bring other people with you. Uh, let me go on, and I think our panelists, maybe some of them will be able to stay a little bit afterwards uh, before the next session. Um, but let me give my little PS. A lot of us have done or may be doing short-term mission trips with a church or organization that only does short-term missions. That's fine, but let me encourage you to start to get to know some agencies and do a short-term mission with a group that may be your long-term group, tribe to join. Um, just think, you know, and you know, most people that end up married date first before they get married, okay? And so, you know, that, that vision trip can be a chance to get to know people on the field with that agency. And so, uh, okay, we're going to uh, wrap it here. And uh, uh, Dr. Jeff, if you would do our closing prayer, uh, thank you so much. Father God, thank you for this time uh, today to uh, come together and, and you say that if any of us lacks wisdom, we should ask you. And uh, it's so much better when we ask the body of Christ uh, that is before us and as we ask you, Lord, and, and that you have given knowledge to the body and we thank you for that. We thank you for this time today. We pray, Lord, that you would be guiding and directing each of these here uh, with their questions, Lord. We know that your Holy Spirit is in them and can answer those questions and explain all that we couldn't today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join me in thanking our panelists.